City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey, everybody. It's Casey Fields, your manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. And welcome to another riveting edition of City Quick Connect podcast, where we tackle legislative issues during the legislative session, go into detail, talk about it a little bit. And there's nobody I'd rather go into the depths of legislative action with than my partner in crime, Scott Flatten. Scott, welcome again. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. What? Just saying that. Well, you said this is going to be riveting, so. Oh, yeah, exactly. Everybody get ready. Everybody get ready. You might want to sit down for this one. Let's talk. Scott, first of all, how are you? I'm well. I hope you are. Good. I am. I am. Just wanted to make sure. I just didn't want to jump right into it, you know. I just wanted to make sure you were okay. No, COVID-free still, uh, filled up with antibodies, and uh, nobody at my house has had it besides me. So we're, you know, the numbers are coming down. The state's opening back up. So here we go. Right. So let's let's hope and pray that everybody still maintains the good hygiene and wearing their masks and getting their vaccine when it's available so we can continue on this downward trend. My children are back in school five days, and it is a blessing. So. I'd like anybody that's listening to please continue to use good judgment so our kids can stay in school five days a week. Absolutely. Um, Scott, let's talk about last week at the State House. We need to talk about what happened last week, but we also want to talk about what could happen um, or what will happen in the coming weeks. Take me let's let's start last week with the um with the workers comp, the PTSD bill that took several days to get through a Senate Judiciary sub. Yeah, we talked about this last week because uh, the Senate, uh, Senate Judiciary Subcommittee met on Senate Bill 94, 282, and one other one. I can't remember. They were essentially right. identical. What they would do right. is – There were three bills that were identical to each other. Yeah. So right. they what they would do is allow a first responder – to make a workers' comp claim, a compensable workers' comp claim, due to being diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And which is, which is, a, it would be a new thing in South Carolina. There's several other states that allow this already, but in South Carolina, this would be something brand new and, and could potentially open the, the doors for some pretty dramatic increases in workers' comp insurance premiums and, and claims. Correct. That kind of thing. Correct. So they met, they met Thursday week, then met two times last week, Tuesday and Thursday. Right. We test, we testified on last Tuesday at the uh, subcommittee hearing and made you a were at, of, You were attended all of those subcommittee hearings, but yeah. they had so many people testifying that that's when they were able to get to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so, so we made the point in in our subcommittee testimony that look, we all certainly support and appreciate first responders. We understand that PTSD is a real thing, no, no question about it. But the way the bill was drafted and was introduced was was not good. Uh, right. Certainly not. Right. Certainly not good for potentially the taxpayer. And so we asked the the subcommittee to make some changes, make propose some amendments that would provide some clarity and some specificity to the circumstances under which someone 
some the circumstances under which that someone have to, would have to be subjected to before they could be diagnosed with PTSD right. for the purposes of filing a workers' comp claim. So, okay, what what are the specific kinds of things that you would have to see or experience as a first responder, rather than just say, as the bill was drafted, if you have you encounter something that's unusual and extraordinary. Well, in in the first responder business, and I can attest to this personally because I was a firefighter right. for 13 years. Right. You know what is? And unusual, you mentioned that in your testimony too, and I yeah. think that made a, a big deal with the what, subcommittee members. Well, as a as a first responder, you're you're subjected to a lot of really bad things all the time. So for what and that those things you see might a, be, you see a lot of stuff that most people don't see on a daily exactly basis. that would be unusual and extraordinary to them but to a first responder it's not routine but it's certainly not shocking right. so anyway we asked the general assembly to to take a look at some other states laws Florida and Connecticut in particular and incorporate some of the specificity that they're in those laws to incorporate that in an amendment. To, to this bill to try and narrow the opportunity for abuse, to try and reduce the opportunity for abuse of this uh, of this new scheme if if the law if this bill passes. And so okay. last Thursday, the uh, subcommittee in fact drafted and passed an amendment to uh, Senate Bill 94, which is the one that they chose to move forward with. Right. That that incorporates. Uh, some of both of those laws from Florida and Connecticut. Now, the Municipal Association is still opposed to the bill, but with that okay. amendment, it is it is getting better. It, it is it less, makes it a little bit more palatable, right? Like that's we can right. kind of swallow it a little bit better than we could with the first yeah. language. Okay. It's less it's less bad. Now there are a couple of other things. Okay. I like that less we, bad. I'm always yeah. in for less bad. There are a couple of a couple of other things that we are We've proposed to the subcommittee chairman, Senator Tom Young from Aiken, that uh, we'd like to we, – we've asked him to, to perhaps introduce at the full Judiciary Committee meeting whenever they meet to take this bill up. We want him to consider um, requiring first responders to first avail themselves of the PTSD counseling services that are available to them right now. Right. Should they the need South, that? Should yeah. they need it? That's being funded by by state dollars. And then right. the the other thing is, if a if a first responder is declared completely disabled, permanently disabled by their PTSD, then our workers' comp insurance policies pay out an 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 indemnity. Okay, they pay out okay. benefits throughout the course of this person's lifetime or whatever. Okay. I was going to ask you to explain what that meant. Right. So, but, but, if that, but that person could also qualify for disability payments from perhaps the retirement system. And if they are able to get that payment from somewhere else than our workers' comp insurance, then what we would want to do is reduce the amount that the workers' compensation insurance pays by the amount that they receive from an other from other sources, that okay. way that way they're not double dipping. They're not getting paid twice by two different systems for for the same injury. So 
that's something that we're working on. We, I've talked to Senator Young about that. He's interested in that, you know, trying to continue to, to narrow it and make it fair, not just for the first responder, but also for all the local governments across the state that have to ensure their workers and, uh, and, you know, charge, right. charge taxes, you know, get, get revenues from taxpayers to, to fund those systems. So I thought it was a, a pretty successful week last week. Again, we're not in a, we're not in a position of support of the bill, but, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So next, the bill probably this week, maybe week after, but probably this week, we'll go to the full Senate Judiciary Committee for the full Senate Judiciary Committee to debate the bill and, possibly offer more amendments and all that. Is that that's correct? That's our hope, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Scott, let's also let's talk about a couple more things. I want you to give our listeners an, a heads up on the Senate Bill 40, the parking bill, and what happened last week to kind of give you a little pause. Yeah, we, we got a request last week from the Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office, um, Frank Rainwater's uh, office, for a uh, – we got a request from them to provide them with a fiscal impact on S40, the, the parking bill. And specifically, right. specifically, they asked for what the potential impact would be if uh, parking were to be mandated to be free on all of the barrier islands. So okay. uh, you'll recall, everybody will recall that this bill got a, had a flurry of activity at the beginning of the session. It's kind of kind of it, it don't, went onto the contested calendar on the Senate floor, and it's been there for probably about a month now. But this request from RFA indicates to me that this bill may be get, getting ready to come off of the contested calendar, which means we'll be having to work to either either fix it or kill it. At this point, we are opposed to the bill as written. Uh, right. But we but we know that uh, the Department of Transportation, Secretary Hall, and the officials on the barrier islands have been hopefully having discussions and talking about right. They've been uh, how they can resolve it. Coming so, up, okay. But right. but that but that request from RFA RFA tells me that um, this bill may be getting ready to to get some debate and, and some action. So okay. Keep your, so keep everybody, your yeah, everybody needs to. And and that was in the dome last week. That was um, part of the update on that bill. So I hope everybody yep. read that and they've kind of got their ears perked up a little bit. All right, the last update of something that happened last week was to the tort reform bill. Um, This is another one where we need to keep everybody's – everybody needs to keep their eyes open on – I think it's Senate Bill 82. Is that correct? That's right, yep. Okay. What happened with with that on the the floor? Well, when that bill came out of committee – uh, some senators put their names on it, as put it, put their opposition on the bill, which put it on the contested calendar. Senator Shane Martin from Pauline was the right. la- last one to have his name on the bill. He removed his name on last Thursday, I think. And uh, as a result, that will move that bill from the contested calendar onto the uncontested second reading calendar. Right. Which means they could very well take up that bill. And what that bill does, of course, is raise the torque caps from $306,000 to 500000 per single occurrence and up to a million in total uh, funds that could be recovered for a single occurrence. And okay. we've estimated uh, that that is going to raise premiums, uh, property and liability premiums by as much as, uh, you know, up to 20%. Of course, oh, that wow. would be. Okay. You know, if the PTSD bill were to pass as it's written, 
that would yeah, be that's, another that would be another yeah. percent. Yeah. So, uh, and and we made that point in testimony in the, on the PTSD bill last week that uh-huh. hey, you've got these you've got these two insurance related bills that are moving forward. They're going to have these pretty dramatic premium right. increases if they pass. So, we need to keep an eye on that one. The the association is is neutral on the tort cap bill, uh, the the okay. raising of the caps. We're at a we're on a neutral position on that because of the negotiations that that and the compromises that were made a number of years ago when this bill first went through the Senate, and because nothing has changed uh, significantly with that bill from that that previous version to now. Uh, we've maintained that neutral position. We've continued to inform the Senate uh, about the potential fiscal effects of the bill, but otherwise, uh, we're you know we're not for it, but we're not against it either. Okay. All right. Well, again, that's another one. Just read from the dome to your home to see if there are any updates coming in on that bill. Um, now that things are kind of picking up, I'm assuming that y'all's Twitter action is picking up a little bit. Yeah, I did a little bit of tweeting last week. Um, okay. I certainly thank thanked all the subcommittee members on the judicial, on the PTSD subcommittee for for their work and their willingness to listen and uh, take into consideration uh, some 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 changes. So that's that's good. That's progress. Perfect. Um, what Scott, else? hold on to your hats because I get to welcome a new guest. A new guest. What, Listen, which one? It's not a. It's not a. It's not a new partner in crime. Okay, so no. don't worry. You're my. You're my every week guest, and I'm oh. very, very thankful for your insight and your knowledge and your friendship and all those good things that we have going. <laughs> um, but I just feel like our listener would like some variety. A little change of pace. A little change of pace. That's all I'm saying. You take care of yourself, and I'll bring in my new guest. Yeah, okay. this studio is small. I can't have I can't have all these people in here. We couldn't social distance. It uh, it gives me such great excitement to welcome my next guest. So I, we've been talking about her for weeks, and I cannot believe that I finally have Joni Nickel on the podcast. Please expect this to be recurring. Joni, introduce yourself to my listeners. Hi guys, I am Joni Nickel. Thank you, Casey, for having me on on my first podcast. I know. Um, it's very exciting. I um I come to you guys as a former House staffer. I started with the General Assembly back in 2010, um, and then I started lobbying for the Medical Association, and now I'm lobbying for you guys. So it's an exciting time. We've got a lot going on right now, Casey. We do have a lot going on. Joni, where are you from originally? I'm from Woodruff, um, which you all know, Scott has, that's his stomping grounds as well. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, so we've got another Woodruffian that's on our staff, and Joni has some great legislative experience. So we're we're very very happy to have Joni on our team. So um, last week the House Ways and Means Committee met and discussed the budget. Um, this was a little bit later than normal, but they still they still got their business done, and Joni was there. Um, for all the meetings. And so, Joni, just tell everybody a little bit about, I guess it started last Tuesday, talk about kind of what you saw and what, you know, kind of mix in what happened with the budget, but talk about what you saw and who was there and, you know, what went on during last week's deliberation. 
Absolutely. So, Casey, let's talk about the four-inch heels that I put on for the first time in I don't know how long. 100%. Yes, sir. And, and trekking it to the state house and those was was not an easy task, but I, I did right. it on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, so I, I'm wearing the flats today, but I will say it is a different environment. Um, and you notice that from the moment that you walk in um, with the the guards there asking you where are you going, which room will you be in. Um, you don't mm-hmm. see nearly as many lobbyists. Only six of us were actually allowed to sit in the full committee room. Oh, wow. Time. Okay. The chairs were roped off. Um, a lot of people are taking advantage of the virtual meetings. Um, mm-hmm. we, we wanted to actually be there um, in person for this because, you know, there's there's a lot going on with local government funding. We just wanted to make sure that if there were any questions, we were visible and they knew that they could yeah. grab us and ask us right off hand. So I will say, Perfect. you know, Tuesday, Tuesday they adopted the cereal. Which they is adopted. what? So the cereal, it talks about the reoccurring general fund revenue um, that came okay. from BEA. That was the, the estimate given back in February. So the reoccurring, okay. the recurring general fund revenue is $8.9 billion. Um, that's, a lot. that's a lot of money. And then the non-recurring revenue is $743 million. So they okay. ad- adopted that cereal. That's, they're calling that the cereal number one. Um, that mm-hmm. was the first step that they did. And then they adopted some subcommittee provisos, and then they talked about the subcommittee proviso amendments, and this is where they pull things from their packets, or they uh-huh. add things into their packets. So this went on okay. you know, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then on Thursday, they, they broke up into their, their subcommittees, and, and everyone went over their budget for for their um, subcommittee. So, as okay. you know, we sat in the constitutional one, and it was right. a quick, quick meeting. Um, I will, I will have to say we are very pleased with the way the Ways and Means Committee handled the, the local general fund. Casey, they Good. gave us, they gave us our percentage from last year. Cause as you know, a, a budget wasn't adopted last year. Right. Um, it was just the, um, the continuing resolution, right? The, that it did not include, correct. okay. That did not include any money in there. Okay. That, that is correct. So, um, this is a big deal for local government that they went back and gave us that mm-hmm. 5% from last year and then gave us our percentage for this year. So we're looking at $17.6 million. Um, I was that actually the only, yeah, I was the only one in the room, um, with the, with the staff and the house members and they looked at me and said, are you good? I said, I'm fantastic. <laughs> You're like, I'm good. And didn't, Jenny, didn't you talk to them pretty candidly and just say, let me make sure I understand what's going on here. And I, they were I, very willing to talk to you. Absolutely, Casey. I think I asked them, um, at least staff two or three times just right. to make sure. I said, did I hear this correctly? You're right. going back. Exactly. You're going back and you're giving us the 5% from last year. Just one more time. Can you just, for, for my right. sanity, can you just say that one more time? And they did. And then they handed, you know, they handed me the packet and I was, I was looking at it and I sat down and I started crunching numbers just to verify, you know, trust but verify. Okay. That's um, right. And I was texting back and forth, and I was like, okay, this is happening, $17.6 million. So we are very appreciative that they went back um, to, to fund the local government funding according to the AB Subdivision Act, as you know, that was passed right. um, to go back last year. That's right. And, and then to give us, you know, the money this year. And I will say, and this was said several times by, you know, the chairman, Chairman Smith, and members of the mm-hmm. committee, this is a lean budget. Okay. We, we are very grateful for the money that we are receiving, and we're grateful that that act was in place, that there is a special yeah. force formula for them to go by. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, because, you know, had that not been in place, this was a great opportunity for them to say, hey, guys, there's a pandemic. Right. Um, not this year. Uh-huh. Not this year. Um, you didn't get it last year. You're not going to get this year. But they didn't do that. Um, so we are very appreciative. And they told us that to, to get ready to work again in May. Now, we are coming back March 22nd, and the House will deliberate the um, the budget on the floor. But there is another BEA estimate coming out April after April 15th. Um, okay. I get, I give you and that we, date. We assume we assume by that time it's going to the house will have adopted it and it'll be in the Senate, right? That is correct. And April fifteenth, we all know the the tax day. So right. Right. That is when the state will see. Okay, are people paying more taxes, or are people is the state uh-huh. paying more money to to residents of South Carolina? So we're we're hoping that South Carolina is going to receive more funds. But again, if not, just expect the budget to be what the budget is. It is a very lean budget, and they, the chairman reiterated over and over again, hey, guys, Mm -hmm. this is not the year to ask for special projects. This is not the year to say, hey, I want to fund this, I want to fund that. Their main goal was not to cut state agencies. Their Mm -hmm. main, their main objective was to, to make do on the promises that they'd already enacted, like the Aid Subdivision Act. And they did that. Right. And they did it. And I just, I can't express how well – it was like a well-old machine, Casey, that yeah, they well, just worked so well together. I'm so glad that that it went well because sometimes it can just be a complete, you know, meltdown. And I'm just glad that it worked that way. And I feel like everybody – you know, we're all in this pandemic situation together. So everybody's kind of trying to do the best we can with what we've got. And I just appreciate that. And, Joni, I mean, I have to say – you have great relationships with all of these house members and that's got to play a role with you getting information and talking to people and them trusting you and you trusting them because relationships are so important. Absolutely. Relationships are very important. And I always tell people, I will never, I will never lie to you. So I think that has helped me over my what, 11 years Absolutely. with the general assembly. So Absolutely. Well, I hope everybody has enjoyed having a new voice on this podcast, just be ready because we're going to keep adding voices. We're going to add Erica's voice, more of Joni, um, and, you know, we'll keep Scott. We'll keep him. Um, <laughs> he, he adds to us, you know, he, he gives us good information. So we'll keep him on the podcast too. Um, but thanks, everybody, for listening. Please contact Joni, Erica, and Scott for any questions um, since Scott didn't do it. Earlier in the podcast, I'll do it. You can always go to www.masc.sc and get all of our contact information. We're available through text, through email, through telephone, cell phone, however you want to contact us. Um, Joni, thanks for being here today. And everybody, please stay safe, wear your mask, get vaccinated if you chose to do so. And during when it's your time, wash your hands and socially distance from people and just make some good decisions. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you next week. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.